I think I have a friendly relationship with the Obamas, even though they don't know me. Because one time I sent a book to, it's either, I don't know how he got made, but it was this other book. This It was a book called Dare to be Kind. And I don't know, I think I just sent it to Michelle for some reason. And then I get a letter back from her with a blurb. I didn't even ask for a letter. You've gotten great at divine working, but what about divine living? Welcome to the Divine Living Podcast. I'm your host, Gina DeVee. You're not alone in wanting more. And here at the Divine Living Podcast, you can expect to be part of conversations from women like us who unapologetically dream big and are obsessed with manifesting our most fabulous lives. The conversation starts now. I'm so excited to jump into today's amazing Divine Living Podcast episode with you. But first, I want to invite you to a very special free five-day virtual event that is all about uncovering your next level calling. I know that so many of us are just like swimming around in the circles in our head and just curious about like what am I doing with my life? What am I meant for? Like bored with stuff that's like been same old, same old. So all this, if you're ready for a super big breakthrough, April 12th through 16th, I'm hosting this free, totally gorgeous, feminine online uh, retreat. Um, Come join us. It's divineliving.com forward slash next level. We'll get you in and get you all the details. Divineliving.com forward slash next level. And I'm just going to be pouring into you Monday through Friday. I know my own personal journey has been so much about completing endings, end of era, getting ready for the next level and what that is. And so I'm going to share with you what I've been going through and really support you in getting clear and confident and actually excited about your next level calling. So come join us, divineliving.com forward slash next level. And now enjoy today's episode. Queens. This, this is the original queen that you get to hear from today, that you get to get the inside scoop. Um, I don't know how many of you know this story, but when I was just obsessed with getting a book deal from, you know, a top New York City publisher, I was so excited that my agent got me seven meetings that I was going to go through town and meet all these top-notch publishers. And I walk into my first meeting. Of course, I was nervous. And then I saw her. <laughs> I just knew this this queen was going to be my editor. And I kept quiet. We had this like meeting. I totally felt this amazing connection. I walked out, said to my agent, she's the one. And she's like, Gina, you got six other meetings. You need to keep an open mind. I said, I, I know I've got instinct. She's the one. So everyone, you get to meet Krishan Trotman today, the editor of The Audacity to be Queen. Yay! She's much more than that. Uh, The reason why the book is out in the world, but this woman is just such a superstar in her own right. She spends a lot of time behind the scenes and I wanted to bring her out center stage today because who this woman is, what she has done and what she is doing, the world needs to know about. So Krishan, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. And I'm always inspired by you, but even what you just said about putting myself further out into the world. I mean, that's just been really part of my motivation over the last six months. 
And after reading The Audacity to be Queen, <laughs> and I just keep doing a little bit more of that, a little bit more of that. And honestly, Gina, like you're always with me. You know, I listen to the podcast. I still, I have the audio book on my phone that I paid for, even though I could get it for free, but <laughs> it's easier for me to pay for it and not have to figure out technology and switching it over. And, you know, you continue to be sort of um, my guide and my inspiration and um, I love what you're doing with the podcast. You're not afraid to do new things. And I just think that I just want to say thank you for inspiring me because a, a lot has happened in the last year and your book is about to be a year old. Mm-hmm. And I mean, both of us, I feel that we've just continued to blossom and I just love being in your life and I love being part of the Queen crew all the wonderful women that follow you and your work. Um, I still keep in contact with them all the time on Instagram and all the places. So I just wanted to just take a minute and just say thank you for being you. And, you know, just to let you know that I'm still there with you, even though you're not, I'm not harassing you every day for (laughs) manuscript revisions. (laughs) I'm not on deadline right now. That, that part does feel good, but it's so good to be with you here. And Let's just, I, I think everyone loves a personal story. Let's just do a little bit of a backstory for people that, that haven't met you yet. How did you get into publishing and, and what was the road that led you there? Uh, where should I begin? So I was um, an English student, an English major at um, a city college, um, City College of New York. And I did not want to be a teacher and I did not want to be a lawyer. And um, they have a publishing program there. They, they still have them at a lot of universities now. And the program, I entered a publishing program because it said that it was going to give me an internship. And I just thought someone helped save me from this destiny of being a teacher or a lawyer with an you know English degree. Mm-hmm. So I joined the program. And then one day in walks this beautiful Black woman. And she's talking about her job as an editor. And she looked to me that she just stepped out of Essence magazine. So (laughs) she was sort of the vision of what I wanted. And I had never met anyone like that, except people that you see on TV, magazine editors or whatever. And she was right in front of me. So I begged her for an internship. And then I started working with her, doing it with wonderful writers. We were doing multicultural fiction and nonfiction And um, I started out in publishing from that perspective because our goal was to have sort of um, to publish international voices, to publish, you know, all sorts of people. And that was always that's sort of my foundation in book publishing. And it's sort of just the way I see that publishing can, you know, can be done. But a lot of the issues right now in publishing is that it's not very diverse. So Mm -hmm. recently I started this uh, imprint called Legacy Lit. We're going to get there. We're going to get there. We're going to take the journey though. So, all right. So you started out as an intern in the industry and like having no idea that that's where this was going to lead you. Yeah. I just, I started out as an intern and lucky for me, her assistant left. So I graduated and got right into the job as her assistant. And um, that was at Simon & Schuster. Okay. Okay. And then then we'll jump over. So what happened after Simon & Schuster? Well, after Simon & Schuster, I was, I mean, I've always been someone who is quite ambitious. And so I was sort of in this job that I thought was amazing, but there didn't seem to be any room for growth. 
what happened was there was a promotion and I didn't get the promotion. And I thought I deserved the promotion to editor. I was an associate editor. So then I decided that I was going to leave this job that was very hard and stressful, by the way, and travel the world. And because I'm from New York and I was, you know, I was brought up in a working class family. So we didn't really, I didn't make time to travel or anything. I graduated and went right into the workforce. So I decided that I was going to leave and travel and maybe go into book publishing in the UK. So I didn't get very far with that, though. I got on a plane. I went to Japan to visit my brother. Mm. I fell in love with someone who was a very short, it was a short relationship, but it kept me here. And then I just fell into talking to my authors that I had at Simon & Schuster. And I actually started working for them. I always have good relationships with my authors um, Mm -hmm. because one of the joys of the job is meeting such incredible people. So I started doing book marketing for my authors and started like a little business. And so I did that for a while. I was freelancing. Yeah. Yeah. Don't let her quietness fool you (laughs) on the ambition. Okay. Wow. I didn't know all that, Krisha. That's awesome. And so uh, where did you go from freelancing? Uh, Freelancing, um, I did that for a while. And then I had a kid and I needed health insurance. (laughs) So I never had health insurance when I was a freelancer. It was just too expensive. And I was just sort of like being young and free. And I loved the independence of sort of being an entrepreneur and making my own money. That was always fantastic. And then so I I had Blue, my little blueberry, and I went to work for a small imprint, which was really crazy. Not that all small publishing houses are crazy, but this one was, and I was publishing about 30 books a season. The, the you know, it's natural for an editor to have like 10 or 12 books, maybe a season but I had like 30. So I call those years the dark years. Mm -hmm. And so I was working at this publisher. But the good thing about that experience is that I got to do everything I wanted. So there was no one really overseeing what I was bringing in because we offered, you know, very low four-figure advances on a very low end of four figures. And so I was, you know, just bringing in people who really wanted their book published. Like they didn't really you know, mind that they weren't getting a huge advance. Some of them had already published like many, many books. Mm -hmm. Um, So I got to work with people that I admired actually. And so I did that and I got to just sort of form my own brand. And so I was called over from there to Hachette. Someone found me. I call it the like rescue. I was sort of rescued by this publisher out of that dark situation. (laughs) But um, it was interesting and I grew a lot. And all the roles that I've had, I can see exactly how I grew. Oh, so here you are at like top, top, top publishing, you know, like, and you, did, did you start out as an editor at Hachette? Yeah, I was a senior editor. Yeah. I mean, knowing what I know now about the book process and, and publishing, and it's like, I think people think it's a really big industry. It's not. It's like, it's a very competitive, there's not a lot of people. So for you to like land these high level positions yeah. is really impressive. It's pretty insulated, I think. I mean, it's all in New York mainly. Mm-hmm. And there's uh, five, now four major publishers because they keep merging. Mm-hmm. So, and people love the job and editors don't get paid a ton of money. So everyone who's in the position is there for passion. It's not like we're in Hollywood where we're like making all these like gigantic salaries. So 
everyone who's in the position is there because they actually really want to be there. So therefore, it's hard for them to leave. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I didn't ever think that I was going to be back in a big publisher after I left Simon & Schuster. I always remember the people who still took my calls when I was freelancing because not everyone took my calls. It was that Mm -hmm. type of thing. Mm -hmm. And so I just felt that I was out. And when I got back in, you know, I was really happy about it, but it was, I had to sort of relearn everything, but I had gained a lot of parts of myself that I didn't have. And I would not have had if I didn't take so many risks in my career. And And you had quite the career there. You want to talk about some of your books and authors before moi? (laughs) Yeah. Before Gina. I had a great career since 2016 at Hachette Books. And, you know, I came in as a senior editor and then I was promoted, I think, in just in 2019 to executive editor. And then I was promoted again this year. So all of that is really difficult to do. A lot of people stay in the same role for a long time. And so I think part of the success is that I always have this motto that I'm going to just go with my heart and use my heart to guide. Because when I first got at Hachette, I felt that I wasn't a traditional person there. Like I wasn't like everyone else that I had stayed in the industry for so long. I had been sort of an outsider for a while and I had huge imposter syndrome. So, you know, one day I just wrote this very small post-it that I think I might've gotten from John Lewis's book, but somewhere I got this quote and it said, lead with the heart. And that's what I did. Every time I felt like, am I making the right decision? Because I have, you know, I do suffer from self-doubt. And that was a way for me to sort of overcome this imposter syndrome or or self-doubt. Like, am I good enough to do this job and make these decisions? To really just... um, And it led me to some of my greatest projects like yours (laughs) and others that were really successful. And one of the books that I think really broke through for me and put me on the map at a shed and all throughout the industry is this book made by Stephanie mm-hmm. Lamb. And it's going to tell everyone about it if they haven't read it. Yes. It's about a woman who was a maid for, she was made for about five years. She was a single mother. And, you know, it's a, it was really a look at the servants industry and gives voices to those workers. And it's a look at those who live um, beneath the poverty line. She was making, I don't even remember, like $5 an hour or something while she was raising her daughter. And when I first read the book, I was just, when I first read the proposal, I had an instant connection with her because I'm a single mother. And I had also been in similar situations trying to make a place for me and my son. You know, I didn't have health insurance. I did a lot um, to make up for those things. So I would go to the bathroom and just cry um, when I was reading the proposal. And That was the successful book that I did. And the glory for me with that book is that it was picked on Obama's list for 2019, his readers list. I think it was 2020. I don't know. But Obama somehow knows who I am because he read Stephanie Land's book and... (laughs) Chills everywhere. Yeah. So I don't know. I think I have a friendly relationship with the Obamas, even though they don't know me. Because one time I sent a book to, it's either, I don't know how he got made, but it was this other book. This It was a book called Dare to be Kind. And I don't know. I think I just sent it to Michelle for some reason. And then I get a letter back from her with a blurb. I didn't even ask for a letter. I mean, I wasn't asking for a blurb. Oh, Krishan. Yeah. 
I just got a, a letter from Michelle Obama and everyone in the office was like, uh, Krishan, you have some mail. <laughs> I'll say. <laughs> that book was called Dare to Be Kind. It has a nice, big Michelle Obama blurb on the paperback. It's by Lizzie Velasquez. <laughs> and it's about kindness. So, yeah. And I think I feel that Barack got the book because I sent it to Michelle now that we're friends. And I was I sent it to Michelle. And I don't know, I feel like the book must have been on the coffee table or something. And he picked up Made and decided to read it. But I don't know. <laughs> oh, God's hand has just been on your life every step of the way. Has I mean, can't you just feel all the miracle touches? Oh, yeah, it's the- definitely all God. I, I just saying that, you know, there's a, a lot of great things happening right now. And all I can say that it's all God, you know, it's really, I give 100% credit. I just do what I have to do. I do the work and I keep persisting. And somehow he just keeps, you know, being there for me and actually surprising me. (laughs) Oh, well, beyond well-deserved, beyond well-deserved. So I think most people would have thought that at your age, with your experience, that you, relatively speaking, for quite a while had, or you'd like risen to the height of where you could go in publishing, right? Like you're going to have to like, wait a long time or be a lot older or something for this next leap to happen. So I just, I need to just say something. So at the time of this recording, (laughs) it's February 18th, 2021. So before Krishan tells you what happens next in her life, Krishan, if anyone would have told you on February 18th, 2020, that this next step would have happened in this time frame, what would you have said? I would have definitely said no way. And I probably would have said, I don't want it to happen. <laughs> oh, all right. Now, now I got to hear all the news. All right. So tell everyone what you have accomplished in so, the past. Year. So the, the thing is in book publishing, you know, we all at the, book, the, the publishing houses, we all have, it's like one big house and there's different rooms. So the imprints are the different rooms. And that's why you have five. That's why you're able to have four major publishers, but there's different kinds of publishers because there's so many rooms in the house. Just wanted to explain that. Mm-hmm. And so what I did, there was a huge movement after George Floyd of, you know, a huge movement in publishing that there was a lack of diversity and authors and consumers and everyone and employees at these publishers were really upset. I mean, I was the only black editor at executive editor at Hachette Books, which is one of the four. Really? Yeah. So, you know, I always knew that. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I didn't, you know, I mean, I'm just so busy. And I I mean, there, there was, you know, you try to do something about these things, but you just really, I'm not the one hiring. So I decided one day while I was sitting down, having a cup of tea, watching the news, about George Floyd and everything happening, I had gotten text messages because there were there were lists being sent around privately for people signing, you know, petitions to the CEOs of the publishing companies. Mm-hmm. So there was just a lot of tension and everything. So one day I was sitting there having a cup of tea on a Sunday and I decided that, you know, I have to do something about it because on Monday or it could have been a Saturday, but on Monday, what was going to happen was there was going to be a conversation that I've heard before, which is what can we do about diversity? 
And there was going to be a conversation and then there could have been many conversations. And then to me, from my experience, the conversation was going to disappear. So I was like, what can I do? Because I am someone who likes tangible, practical, you know, uh, follow-ups. I'm a Taurus. Mm -hmm. So (laughs) I was like, what can happen that that is going to make me feel good? So I um, created a proposal that day. I just went out onto my little terrace. I have a little terrace. And I just sat in my little chair with the tea. I moved from the television and I got into action. And I just pulled out my laptop and started writing a proposal for an imprint that I thought would better serve BIPOC authors and also serve publishing in general by just being sort of the real look for what publishing should look like. So Legacy Lit is the name and I named it Legacy because I wanted to have a legacy and I wanted to represent a new legacy in book publishing where we could publish all people equally and with equity. And uh, we can do what it takes and not just talk about uplifting authors of color and helping them find their audience and become successful. I'll just say one more thing. You know, Octavia Butler was a science fiction author. She was huge science fiction writer. And she has been gone for a really long time. I can't give you the number, but let's just pick a number like 30 years. But she's one of the top leading Black novelists. And she just hit the New York Times bestseller list after her death. And some of that is because of, you know, happenstance, but a lot of it is because there just wasn't space to uplift, you know, BIPOC authors. So that's where I'm at. I feel like I am watching in real time and listening in modern times to the most epic for such a time as this story playing out in your life. Yeah. That, you know, like, of course it had to be you. Like, you know, like for such a time as this, you know, you have been in the position that you were in for you then to be able to go. And I mean, but what? courage to act on it. I mean, did you have fear? Did you have any like... I didn't have fear. I think it's because I was, I've just, you know, it's not like I'm fearless, but I have been through it. I've just been through a lot and I've survived a lot and I've seen myself re-success and I've seen myself fail and get back up. So when it comes to those things, now I'm sort of already equipped with this armor and this jacket Mm -hmm. that I don't feel fear at all. And um, I just... I was ready for rejection. You know, if they would have rejected it, I would not have been mad. I was just taking it one step at a time. And I think that, you know, when you have something that you want to do, my thing is always like, how can we get to the next step? And even when we edit and stuff like that, it was always, Gina, okay, so let's just concentrate on what's happening in this chapter. So the same thing for my life. I just try to concentrate on what's happening in this moment right now and what can get us to the next step. And if some, if it doesn't go right, we will just, you know, rewind and, you know, think again. But I was doing what I had to do at that moment and seeing where it took me. And I knew that I had to be incredibly honest and very bold about it. So everything that I wanted in my proposal, I got to the point that, darn it, I'm like, darn it, I should have asked for more. <laughs> oh, I love it. So, yeah. so you didn't have fear, but you knew it was a risk because you, so you weren't like certain it was going to happen. No, I knew it was a risk because it's out of my place. Like no editor does this. I don't, I mean, <laughs> I'm sure there are editors who get imprints because they ask for it. I'm not saying that, but Someone in my position, I don't think it's just thought of that I would even ask for something like this. 
And, you know, I asked for it because I knew that I could handle it. But I don't think maybe other people in my position would think that they even should ask for it. It's sort of like you think that you've reached the the top of your career, but you haven't. There's always room for growth. And I just think you have to see that in yourself. No one else is going to see it for you. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of executive editors in this business, but are they asking for imprints? No, I don't think that they need to. But I just, so I just think that uh, it, well, I acknowledge that it was courageous and it was mm-hmm. um, even out of my element. That's why I attribute all to God and just going with the spirit. I was led by the spirit and I, and I acted on it right away. I was, everything felt good and easy. I had read your book, so I knew that I should feel good about it. So I just sat down in a very comfortable place. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed the afternoon and I wrote this proposal. It wasn't like I it was like it, was, it didn't feel like another task I had to do. It felt very mm-hmm. enjoyable and I felt really secure when I pushed it forward. And I hear a boldness in you also. Did it feel bold to do this? It felt bold because I'm not used to, I am sort of a, you know, I have a mouth on me and I do, as you know, um, very straightforward and everything in this little quiet way. (laughs) But I, you know, I did feel bold. I felt bold because I just had to speak on behalf of my community and I had never Mm -hmm. done that before. So... I mean, I published books by people of color about subjects like race and in different parts of their identi- of our identities, but I had never spoken from a personal place about it, and I knew that's where what it was going to take. And I knew that, and as I started doing it, I realized that I'm probably the best person that God put in for this position because. I just had a different way that I could speak about it. One, I had already achieved the track record um, at Hachette for being successful. And also I knew what they needed to hear. I knew what, I knew the whys. I knew the industry, I knew the company. So it all made sense. And I think everything I was doing, I could never have known that it was setting me up for this, but that's what it was. Oh, so any, you know, there's, so many women in a lot of pain right now that with everything that's gone on over the past year, so much loss, so much disruption, so much change, so much at a standstill, so much uncertainty. And I think that there's a lot of, I know there's so many people grappling with like, what is this about? Like I'm wasting my life away right now or like nothing's happening, nothing's moving, nothing's changed. I don't see anything good around the corner What advice do you have for them for this season that they're in? I think that, you know, this is a tough season for me too. Even just starting a job in this way is weird. You know, I can't connect with people. Mm -hmm. Um, Like, and I'm I'm sort of a one-on-one, especially connector. And I would just say that you have to sort of look to what beyond what's in front of you. Right now, a lot of us are trapped in our apartments and our houses Mm -hmm. with our kids. We're living these sort of double lives, trying to work, trying to manage our relationships as wives and everything. But I think you have to still see yourself beyond what's around you and really nurture and take care of that. Mm -hmm. And, you know, surround yourself with that whether it's community and talking to people. But for me, I've been feeling a lot more inward, um, probably because it's the winter and COVID and everything. So just reading books to 
uplift, just help me see the world beyond what I'm experiencing today. Like, you know, just, you know, if you think about Black History Month, just thinking about how far, you know, Black people have come in this country from being sporty or slaves and then doing some of the most incredible things. Like what I get to do is just like lead an imprint. So, you know, I just try to think about myself and everybody around me in a different way and understand that I have been put here for a divine opportunity. And this is opportunity with this imprint and everything. It doesn't matter if you have an imprint or whatever. You have been put here for a reason and you just have to keep in tune with that every day and like seek that out and work on that every day. And I think about you all the time, Gina, because listening to the audiobook again about all the different careers that you've had and how much you could have just locked into that one, you know, one of them, you know, um, in one sort of category, whether it's politics or psychology, but you created a whole new category for yourself and that's where you shine in. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I just hope with me, with Legacy, that I'm able to shine in this position. I never thought I'd be here. I'm hoping that I do a good job, but who knows? Maybe I'll do an incredible job. So I just, <laughs> you haven't ever had to think about that. You've never done anything but rise to the top and keep on rising. It's, um, it's incredible who you are. It's incredible what you've done. And I love how spirit led you are. And I, what, what I heard in that last response was, it comes down to faith for these kinds of seasons because faith is the evidence of things not seen. Like we, I don't know how people do it without faith. Like if I didn't know that there were invisible forces yeah. working right now on all of our behalf, I mean, I wouldn't have a good attitude. And it keeps you together on your worst days. Like the other day I was having a really hard day mm. and I get on the video and I'm not bringing this all back to you because I want to compliment you or anything, but it's actually, these are real things that happen. Mm -hmm. So I get on, like I had a really, really rough day, like one of those days where you just want to give up on everything. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like I was like, oh God, why couldn't I just be happy where I was? Like, why don't I just mm -hmm. like, why do I have to make my life so much harder? There's so much work to do and just feeling icky. And I turn on like Instagram, which I just couldn't even stand at that moment because I, I had nothing left for the day. Mm. So I was just like, turn on Instagram. And then I see a video from you that morning at the gym or something like you had your, you had come from the gym. And I think that was the message. It was something like, it was something that just sort of spoke exactly to my, the thing that I needed for that day. And that's what I, I mean, that's where you know that God is there with you. Mm -hmm. Because he can give you something, even if it's just like a little spoon or something, a little piece of pie in your spirit, just mm -hmm. to keep you going so that, you know, that you can know that he is there. And, you know, stuff like that has been happening to me a lot lately. And when I was younger, I used to always connect the signs. And I used to think, you know, I was sort of like a hippie, like always well, looking for a sign. But right now, I don't feel that I'm looking for the signs. I just feel that he is actually speaking to me and I see it and it all feels so natural mm -hmm. that I know that it's God's presence. And I know, and that is what actually, that's what keeps my faith. Because sometimes people say, keep the faith and it's so hard. But if you don't know that God is there with you mm -hmm. in this hard, hard life, sometimes it's hard. You know, it can feel really hard to keep the faith. So I know because I can actually see his 
his hand in different mm-hmm. places in my life and being there for me, mm-hmm. holding my hand through the hardest times of the days and um, whatever I'm going through. Oh, it's so special what you're sharing right now, because I'm sure everyone here is listening like, well, she just goes from glory to glory and everything she touches turns to gold. She starts out at Simon & Schuster and then yeah. has, goes to entrepreneur and makes her money and then ends up at Hachette and then gets her own imprint. And so and I also published four books, my four books, Queens of the Let's talk about that right now. I was going to say like, you know, everyone, I just want everyone listening right now, no matter who you're watching, no matter what success is, they have gotten themselves to nobody is exempt from the hard days or the hard times or the hard seasons. And the only difference is just however, by grace or by might, you were able to not give up yeah. is makes the difference. Yeah. I used to think that like everyone keeps asking me, I brought up the books not to brag, but to say I did accomplish a lot in one year. It's crazy. It's crazy to start an imprint in one year. It's crazy to publish four books in one year. And I, you know, a lot of it is, I think it's also my mom, if, if I, cause I believe in, in heaven. And I think that, you know, she was such a good person and she probably has like God and everybody in that world in love with her and blessing me. But, um, <laughs> But people ask how I did it. And I do think that I am always, I've always been the person to ask, how do they do it? Even the way you live. I'm just like, oh, wow, Gina, how do you do it? I'm always interested. How do they do it? And I always disassociate myself from someone who doesn't do it. Like, how do you do it? Because mm-hmm. you're so great. How do you do that? You have a secret. You have more of a positive outlook than me or something to attract that to you. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, after this experience of last year with 2020 being so much, I just realized that there is no secret sauce because at the end of the day, that was a hard year. Like mm-hmm. to write the four books was literally like ha- having four babies. And I was there were days where I cried and and I was managing a full time job while doing that and doing the research and everything. So it was hard. It was, you know, having the conversations and negotiating Legacy Lit was hard. And, you know, starting this thing on day one is hard. And, you know, that's why I love your book, because the audacity to be queen, for me, it teaches me how to sort of take care of myself and feel that not that I deserve anything, but I am all of the other beautiful things as well. It's not just about my accomplishments, but it's about who I am on a daily mm-hmm. basis. And I think that that really helps, like, you know, just knowing that there's nothing to be sort of, there's no secret sauce to accomplish your dreams. I think you just have to believe and have faith, like how the spirit led you to me. I feel mm-hmm. that way about a lot of my authors. As soon as I saw you or I had this proposal, I knew that this was me. Mm. And it landed on my desk. So, you know, I think you just have to keep going and just understanding that there is a divine plan. And the fun part can be that you just don't even know what's going to happen next. (laughs) Yes, yes, yes. So, well, and speaking of overcoming and not giving up and keeping the faith, shall we talk about your books and who they're about? Oh, yes. So um, the Queens of the Resistance series um, are about four women in Congress, Elizabeth Warren, AOC, 
Nancy Pelosi and Maxine Waters. And um, as you can still see, and you know, their legacies are really important to me. And I published the books because I think that it's really important to uplift women in, in these in certain spaces. Mm-hmm. And these are four women that I identified as um, women of all different backgrounds who are doing amazing work, but also show really strong leadership. And I think as women, you know, we're always afraid to, uh, we're not always, not all of us, but a lot of us are afraid to lead. And they lead in all very different ways. And it's still, it's just great and effective. They all started from different places, like Maxine Waters. She was on like public assistance for a little while and a single mother. And now she's the head of the banking committee. (laughs) I mean, (laughs) it's just, you just never know. But all of them have the same story in terms of they were led through their passion and just taking it one step at a time. And they were just sort of led and guided into the positions that they are in now. Yeah. Do they know about the books? I've tried to tell them, but they're very busy. So they haven't, (laughs) they haven't sort of, you know, taken it on themselves. And I think because of the positions they are in, that also is, um, you know, politics. That's a big thing. Sure, sure. Well, I'm sure they they will be very honored when that news does get to them. Yeah. So before we close, Krishan, I know there's so many women listening that they have their own dreams, but very specifically have the dream of being a published author or, you know, getting in with, with, with a big publisher. And maybe they're either afraid to start because they think, how am I ever going to fit in or, or be noticed? Or maybe they've sent in like 200 pitches and gotten 200 rejections. For all of the important voices out there with a story that hasn't necessarily had all the shiny doors fling open for them, what advice do you have for them in the publishing industry? My advice is to I mean, I have, I could give tons, but, you know, find the people that you connect with, like, you know, with you, with Wendy, you mm-hmm. have a real connection with your agent and you meet your editor, mm-hmm. um, find people that you actually connect with. And then when you find them, I think really try to listen to their, their guidance. I just think that a lot of writers or people with book ideas, they get very locked into their ideas. And um, a lot, I think in general, writers and artists are always worried about someone recreating their brand or, you know, doing something to sort of sabotage their work. And but I think that that happens to people a lot of times who attract that. And if you attract collaboration, you could actually come out with a better product. So Mm -hmm. I think be open to meet the right people and then be open to what they have to say in terms of the book concept. And um, yeah, such great advice. I know for some of my students, we're going to be doing a publishing masterclass soon with you and my agent, uh, Wendy, who she's referring to. So we'll get more into it. But for those of you who are just listening to the podcast, it's exactly what happened for me. I, I shopped this. I tried to get a number of different agents and they, they're excellent and have excellent reputations in the industry, but they weren't the one for me. And then when I met my agent, she loved the concept, but she was like, there's no way I can put this in front of anyone until you change a whole bunch of stuff, basically. So um, in some ways, I had to go back to the drawing board again. So don't think that 
I mean, it doesn't have to be an excruciating road, but it's not just instantaneous. I had to redo the book proposal after I'd spent six months on it or whatever, and then wait for the right timing for the book to be shopped. So, and back to, I think our, one of our themes today is, and it didn't give up, you know, like keep focused on your dream, keep focused on something bigger than you. And as Krishan so beautifully demonstrates and keep focused on that, you know, I think we probably share this love for the scripture. It's like he who began a good work in you will be faithful to complete it. And you haven't. Oh, that was the quote you said on that video. Yes. Yes. That was it that day. Oh, oh, was it? Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah. It's like none of us have been brought this far to like plateau out now or for this to be the stopping point. So, and if you are walking forward in faith, anticipating your best, even though if you don't know what your next big thing is, like Krishan's telling us she never would have thought of pitching her own imprint at this time last year. Yeah. I actually forgot to add that. Yeah. I, everyone that used to say, what's your next step? I would always say I definitely didn't want to be a publisher. <laughs> I didn't want the responsibility. <laughs> well, now you get your own, own whole imprint. I mean, it's amazing. It's amazing. And so God has created all of us for such an important purpose. And when you're for such a time as this moment reveals itself, you will know and you do what Krishan did. You in peace, drama free, yeah. take the action have the boldness, take the risk and let God do the rest. Yes, exactly. Yes, yes, yes. Oh, Krishan, it's always so good spending time with you. Thank you for shining your light and your wisdom and your spirit into all of our listeners today. We'll have all of the links for your Instagram, your books and everything in the show notes. And any last words of advice or wisdom or inspiration you'd like to leave our listeners with? Uh, no, I just, I'll leave with, uh, order the audacity to be queen if you haven't already. <laughs> oh, I don't sure, want to have big goals for that book. Yeah. <laughs> beautiful, beautiful. Well, thank you, my love. And thank you for all of you listening. Look at we women, we Queens, we are all in this together. We all have discouraging moments, but remember freedom is a thought away. And if you think to focus on your greatness, on what you're meant for, And on God dazzling you, you will experience exactly that. God bless everyone. Darling, I hope you enjoyed this episode and you're feeling uplifted. And if you are looking for more of the high vibes, if you're trying to like figure out your life and just wondering what is going on with yourself and your career and your next level calling, I have some great news for you. I am hosting an absolutely free five-day virtual retreat. It's called Uncover Your Next Level Calling. I know this is something that I've been in. I know so many other women, friends, colleagues, clients, everyone's just like, what am I doing with my life? And what's this next level, real like deep soul calling about what's passionate, what's exciting, what's no more boring, same old, same old stuff that's not working, getting rid of all struggle and lack. So if you are up for this mini free virtual retreat, come join me April 12th through 16th. You can sign up at divineliving.com forward slash next level. 
I'm going to be pouring into you every single day that week. And you are not going to be the same person, the same woman on Monday, April 12th that you are on Friday, April 16th. This is all about helping you get clear and confident and just totally out of the box about what else is actually possible for you. So come join me, divineliving.com forward slash next level. You can share this link in your social, with your friends, anything. This is totally free for global women. I want to see you there, divineliving.com forward slash next level. All right, my beautiful. I hope that you have loved this episode and it has been a blessing in your life. And if you could use a little extra love and support in sisterhood, I want to invite you to join me in my global community in the Audacity to be Queen free companion course. This is completely free. And when you go to divineliving.com forward slash audacity, you're going to get meditations. You're going to get videos. You're going to get workbooks. You're going to get Q&A call replays with me. It's just a whole bunch of positive programming completely for free. I want to make sure that you have this love in your life. So go get it now at divineliving.com forward slash audacity.